Welcome back to the Evil Master Plan podcast, a show where you get to hear someone start a tech company from scratch with absolutely no idea what they're doing. Today is October 29th, and I'm your host, Martin Mumford. Let's review the Evil Master Plan. Infiltrate 50% of the world's organizations, build an army of super-intelligent robots, and achieve world domination. Overmind is the app I'm making to help accomplish step one. So what did I do in the last two weeks? Well, I finished my October hackathon project. I think it's important to work on side projects every once in a while just to keep my mind off of the big stuff and stave off burnout. And this time, I made a little tool for my hackathon called Priority Cubes. And I had two goals with the Priority Cubes. One, I wanted to do something with the concept of an Eisenhower matrix And two, I wanted to experiment with an accountless demo. So as for the Eisenhower matrix, I've mentioned this on a previous episode. It's just a simple technique to help you be more productive, especially when you have too much to do and you don't know where to start. So what you do, you can use this Eisenhower matrix technique to figure out what to do first by just listing everything out, ranking each of those things by their urgency and also by their importance. And then using that, you can sort by both of those things to find out what should be the highest priority. And of course, sometimes there's things that are really urgent, but they're not very important, or they're very important, but not very urgent. Generally, you want to work on the things that are both first. So that's very helpful for me. So the neat thing about an Eisenhower matrix, though, is that it works with lots of different kinds of priority. So there's urgency and importance, of course, But there's also things like risk versus reward or impact versus effort, right? You could even rank things by three or more priorities, like urgency, importance, and how fun it is all at the same time. So it's super flexible of a framework. Priority Cubes was just a little demo that lets you do all that ranking, and then it auto-sorts your entire list, taking all of your priorities into account at the same time. Very helpful. Now, personally... I also loved the idea of an accountless demo. So when you go to a new site, you can get to a demo with zero obligations. No email, no account, no registration, no salesperson, no meetings or anything. Completely autonomous, on your own time, and at your own pace. Of course, if I let people do this, it could get a little bit expensive if I stored all that demo data for you for free. So the point of Priority Cubes was to build a demo that existed only in your browser. Basically, every device and browser combination that you use is going to have a different set of Priority Cubes. So there's no like cross-syncing of your information between things. It's also a super cheap way to experiment with new features really, really fast. So I was able to finish Priority Cubes in about three total days. And if I was making it a real app that you know, cross-saved everywhere, that would have taken maybe a few weeks. So lots of fun with the October Hackathon. And you can actually try the demo out yourself if you want at overmindlabs.com. And you can just scroll down to the bottom and to the Priority Cube button. And I'll be keeping most of my random experiments and hackathons over there. 
So Priority Cubes was a deliberate distraction from Overmind, though. On the Overmind front, I am working on a bunch of important things. Uh, number one, I did launch a completely redesigned landing page. Before, I just had some vague statements about what Overmind was, and it was kind of hard to tell what it did. And now I added a lot more screenshots and some examples of what you can actually use Overmind for, right? If you're a student versus uh, a business person or a startup founder, things like that. It's been up for about two weeks, and so far there hasn't actually been a real change in sign-up rates. We're still around 5% of unique visitors who sign up for the waitlist, which is not bad, uh, but for what it's worth, people are still clicking around the examples and spending a bit more time on the page than before. And the second big thing that I'm working on is the Overmind accountless demo. So I've taken what I've learned from the Priority Cube experiment, and now I'm applying that to Overmind as well. This one's going to be more complicated, but eventually people will be able to try Overmind without an account and just see if it's for them. And so far, so good. Now, I do, of course, have my fears and struggles every week, and this time it's about the same as before. My biggest fear is still that I'm not going to make it in time. I'm going to run out of runway and going to have to go get another job. And I fully recognize that it's not extremely likely that I'm going to make it at this rate. If I'm going to make it, I would need a few hundred Overmind subscribers in order to sustain myself indefinitely. And it's coming up on about 10 months since I started, about 8 months since I started working on Overmind, and I still don't even have a paid plan. So it's not even possible to pay me, even if you wanted to. Now, I do still have about a year of runway left, and about 100 people still on the waitlist, but if I want this to truly work out, I'm going to need to change my behavior pretty drastically. If you keep doing what you've done, then you're always going to get what you've got. So, they say that you should use your strengths, but sometimes it actually helps to use your weaknesses too, and my weakness is definitely sales. I hate the idea of bothering people. I'm also a chronic introvert, and I just detest the idea of invading someone else's time and attention for anything, really. So this whole year, I've just been posting on various social media, passively talking about my progress on Overmind, sharing it with a few close friends and family. I've even made a few new friends by doing this sort of passive approach. However, it's definitely not enough. I do have to start directly reaching out to people if I want anything to change. And the best strategy I have is to interview people about the problem. Interview them about what tribal knowledge is like in their own jobs. And I did this a little bit about the beginning of this year. Mostly I just wanted to listen to some folks complain about the problem to make sure it was actually a real problem, and it is, but I never actually told them about my solution and what I was trying to do with Overmind. So that was a big missed opportunity. I could start doing those interviews again, but this time with a focus on validating whether or not I'm building the right thing rather than simply, is there a problem that needs to be solved? But, once again, that would mean scheduling calls, setting up 15-minute meetings here and there, having them fall through or cancel, trying to find a good time with people. All the stuff that I just 
really, really am terrible at. So I had two options, suck it up or get creative. And yesterday I started to get creative. I thought to myself, self, how can I use my weakness of selling as a strength? And I had this weird little idea. So what if I created a very simple little chatbot to interview people for me? The novelty and the fun factor of chatting with a bot might be enough to persuade more people to talk about their problems and give me an estimate on whether I'm doing it right, especially if that bot had a very strong personality. And yes, I know this is massively overcomplicated, but I started designing a small chatbot named Frey with a very particular persona. So Frey's job would be to interview people for me so that I don't have to, but Frey is very salty and impatient about it and can't wait to get the interview over with. There could be a hard timer on the interview to make sure that it doesn't take more than eight minutes or so of your time, and Frey could get easily flustered and impatient with you in your responses. Something along those lines. It kind of reminds me, actually, of a restaurant back in the day called Cranky Chucky's, where the whole novelty was that the waitstaff were impatient and kind of insulted you. I don't think I'd go that far, but the novelty of talking to a bot with a strong personality like that might be kind of fun. We'll see how it goes. Now, very briefly, I wanted to mention some philosophy and today I wanted to talk about the concept of explore versus exploit. Now this is a mathematical concept in game theory and artificial intelligence, but it comes up all the time in real everyday life. And to illustrate this concept of explore versus exploit, think about trying out new foods. Right now you probably have a favorite food or maybe a couple, but at this very moment, there is probably a food out there in the world that would instantly become your new most favorite if only you tried it. And think of the discovery process here. In order to find those new good foods, you have to try a lot of new things. But there's always the risk that it's going to be awful or you just don't like it. And if you stick with what you know, you'll never be disappointed but you'll also never be pleasantly surprised either, and you could miss out on some really incredible things. So imagine a spectrum of behavior that you could take. On the one side, there's 100% explore, where you never eat the same food twice. That would be pretty ridiculous. On the other side, there's 100% exploit. You only ever eat foods that you know you already like. Now, both of these extremes are pretty lousy for optimizing your actual happiness, and it's kind of clear that leaning towards exploit is a less bad outcome, right? But when it comes to deciding where you want that balance to be, you may have heard of the 80-20 rule. Generally, an 80% exploit, 20% explore is a healthy balance, and it means that you're regularly trying new stuff but also mostly, mostly falling back on the things that work, the tried and true. And with every aspect of your life, there's a similar balance between exploring options and exploiting the knowledge of what already works. So for example, I could spend 100% of my time 
reading articles about how to start a business. That would be pretty dumb. Alternatively, I could spend 100% of my time starting a company, but missing a ton of good advice that's out there for free. The point of setting a explore-exploit balance is that it helps you make sure that you're getting a good amount of both worlds. And for me, it's probably around 92% actually building the company and 8% reading about how to build a company. That seems to be a good way to avoid the rabbit holes. Similarly, if you focus 100% of your attention on just learning one subject or one hobby, you might miss out on some good cross-pollination that comes from other areas, sometimes at random. So I used to run a Fun Fact Wednesday at my old job where I'd give people candy if they could explain some new concept to me in five minutes that I didn't know. And I didn't know a lot, so this is pretty easy. People would come to me from all over the company with all kinds of random things from astrophysics to search algorithms to animal facts, anything really. And about 80% of the time, those facts were kind of useless, though fun, and still haven't helped me at all. But 20% of the time, which is actually a lot, there were some ideas from these concepts that sparked some new interesting crossover. It was sort of the combination of what was already on my mind with some of these random facts that sparked some of those ideas. So at the end of the day, in every aspect of your life, you'll have to figure out your own explore-exploit balance, what works for you. Just make sure that you're keeping some explore in there and not getting stuck in a rut. Thanks for listening. As always, if you want to try Overmind out for yourself, just go to overmind.wiki and sign up. You can also skip the waitlist and go straight to the front of the line by emailing martin at evilmasterplan.net. And of course, if you're curious, listen on to find out what comes next in the swiftly growing and inevitably grand evil master plan.